0: On their second day in Taiwan, a delegation of parliamentarians from the three Baltic nations paid visits to President Tsai Nguyen, Foreign Minister Joseph Wu, and Premier Susan Tseng. In his public remarks, the delegation leader said that one word he used to describe Taiwan
1: is determination. On their second day in Taiwan, parliamentarians from Lithuania, Estonia, and Latvia paid a visit to President Tsai. The president thanked Lithuania for its two-time donation of vaccines during Taiwan's COVID outbreak, a testament to the friendship between Taiwan and Lithuania. This is the first time the parliaments of all three Baltic states have formed a joint
2: delegation to visit Taiwan. Taiwan and the Baltic nations share similar experiences of breaking free from authoritarian rule and fighting for freedom. We understand most profoundly how hard-earned democracy was. The world now faces the expansion of authoritarianism and the threat of disinformation. Taiwan is more than willing to share with our European friends its experience combating disinformation and, together, safeguard
1: our shared values." Matas Maldakis, the leader of the delegation, said that Lithuania's policy towards Taiwan in wide support from the Lithuanian public. He said he hoped to see closer exchanges between the two sides.
2: We have lately seen Taiwan and Lithuania engage increasingly closely in many different areas. This month, the Taiwanese representative office in Lithuania officially opened. We expect Lithuania to establish a representative office in Taiwan early next year.
3: We are here to express our solidarity with you. Lithuanian government policy toward Taiwan has a wide support in our society. We hope that soon to be open Lithuanian trade office in Taiwan will help to expand the partnership between Taiwan and Lithuania and contribute to closer relationship with Taiwan and the whole. European Union bloc.
1: Afterward, the delegation was welcomed by Foreign Minister Joseph Wu. The two sides exchanged ideas on regional security and expanding relations. In the afternoon, they visited Premier Su Deng-chang for an exchange of gifts. Maldakis invited Premier Su to visit his country.
3: We'll be glad to see you visiting Lithuania, and before that, we just want to give you a, a album of what, what will you see when you visit, uh, it's much worse on winter, so don't come in winter, come in summer. And I want to thank Taiwanese people. We really feel your hearts. One word, what I'm feeling in Taiwan, that would be determination. Determination to go by democracy, human rights, and rule of law. <laughs>
2: Mr. Chairman, Honorable Parliamentarians, I'd like to once again express my gratitude to you for advocating for Taiwan internationally through various means and on various occasions. The
1: delegation will attend the 2021 Open Parliament Forum, which kicks off on December 2nd, Also on their itinerary are visits to other government agencies, such as the National Development Council, the Ministry of Economic Affairs, and the Ministry of Science and Technology. They'll be in the country for eight days in a show of international support for Taiwan. China sent 27 military aircraft
4: into Taiwan's air defense buffer zone on Sunday, the same day a Baltic delegation touched down on the island. For the first time, the PLA deployed a Y-20 aerial
0: refueling aircraft. Taiwan's defense minister said that Chinese military harassment of Taiwan has become routine and that Taiwan had a full grasp of all Chinese missions in its vicinity. Foreign Minister Joseph Wu had a much sharper response, declaring on Twitter that Taiwan will quote, never, 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 end quote, bow to Chinese pressure.
2: Forming a heart with two hands, a guest from afar greets the camera. Lawmakers from three Baltic states flew to Taiwan on Sunday, defying Beijing's stiff objections. On the day of their arrival, China sent 27 military aircraft into Taiwan's southwestern air defense buffer zone. Some of the aircraft flew straight to the edge of Taiwan's southeastern airspace before turning back. For the first time, the mission included a Y 20 aerial refueling aircraft.
1: What is the intention here? It is nothing more than to wear us down slowly to tell us I have this power. What our military has to show them is, yes, you have power, but I have countermeasures. We conduct exercises, which we will use as a reference for future action. Parliamentarians from three Baltic countries are visiting Taiwan. In addition, there is the U.S. Summit for Democracy, which will be held on December 8th and 9th. To make its political position clear, China is using military action to underscore its political stance. The defense ministry said it was routine
2: for China to deploy planes to Taiwan's air defense zone. It said it had a full grasp of all of China's missions, including the number and scope of aircraft involved. The ministry said the latest incursion was business as usual. Meanwhile, Foreign Minister Joseph Wu issued a more fiery response. Posting to Twitter, Wu said that China's actions were obviously meant to bring Taiwan to its knees and keep us away from democratic partners. Using the word never three times, he said that Taiwan would never bow to Chinese pressure. He signed off with his initials,
3: JW.
1: We see that China is still up to its old tricks. It's marshaling all its resources to fuel its aggression, sending more aircraft and more different types of aircraft. It's even deployed an aerial tanker. I think you said it very well. We will never bow to CCP pressure. Here at the Legislative Yuan, may I ask you to reiterate, at a time when like-minded nations the world over are supporting Taiwan in the face of China's brutal aggression, what is the position of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs?
3: We will never bow to the Chinese pressure. Never, never, never.
2: As global tides turn against Beijing, Chinese aggression is driving more democratic allies to Taiwan's side.
0: Taiwan reported zero local cases and eight imported cases on Monday, including a double-vaccinated pilot who flew in from Los Angeles. The pilot, who works for China Airlines, tested positive on the last day of his five-day hotel quarantine.
3: On
1: November 28th, he developed an itchy throat and related symptoms. He was required to do quarantine for five days and self health management for nine. On day five of his quarantine, he was tested. His CT value was
0: 28.5.
1: Say that he flew with crew members A, B and C on his first trip and he flew with members D, E and C. And F on his second. We actually don't know when he became infected with the virus, so shouldn't crew members A, B, C, D, E and F all be classified as close contacts?
4: So far, only six close contacts of the pilot has been identified. The Taoyuan Pilots Union says that contact tracing for his case should not be limited to the last flight he worked. It says the investigation should include a flight he worked between November 17th and 18th because he may have already been carrying the virus. In related news, Taiwan has added four African countries to its list of high-risk nations as a precaution against the Omicron variant. Egypt, Malawi, Mozambique and Nigeria are joining the list, which now has 10 countries arrivals from these countries will need to complete 14 days of quarantine at a centralized facility it's 10 years since the tohoku earthquake and tsunami that led to the fukushima yoda-aichi nuclear disaster the prefecture of fukushima is gradually coming back to life
0: A group of Taiwanese nationals in Japan are holding a series of events to show a brighter side of the region than the stereotypes. The Japanese ambassador to Taiwan was brought in to promote the region's food products, which he says should be judged purely by international safety standards.
1: Hang in there, Fukushima, goes the slogan. Japanese and Taiwanese groups invited Ambassador Hiroyasu Izumi to this Papa Fukushima festival event. Ten years since the Fukushima earthquake and nuclear disaster, Fukushima's recovery is well on its way. Izumi put his personal seal of approval on the prefecture's agricultural produce. Ten years after the earthquake, Fukushima's food
2: complies with rigorous standards and is not just widely consumed within Japan, but also enjoys
1: approval worldwide. In Taiwan, the label nuclear food is often attached to produce from Fukushima. Reporters asked Izumi if that's stigmatization, to which he gave a firm reply. There is no such thing as nuclear food
2: in my mind. Regarding food issues, it's about following the science and judging by international standards, as the Taiwan government said. If I remember right, before the pandemic, most visitors to Fukushima were from Taiwan, but that got interrupted because of the pandemic. So I think we should still wait for COVID to settle down in both countries, and then people can actually go there to see for themselves. That will be the most useful thing.
1: Minister Without Portfolio Audrey Tang made a trip to Tokyo in 2019, where she filmed a video promoting the persimmon harvest of Fukushima and lamenting that it can't be bought in Taiwan. She maintains an interest in the region and wants Taiwanese people to head back to Fukushima when COVID is over. The pop-up Fukushima group is formed of Taiwanese nationals in Japan. They plan to make a tour of 12 affected districts of Fukushima and visit the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant. They will share videos and stories from the trip on Facebook, giving an alternative view into the famous region for a Taiwanese audience.
0: According to the Household Registration Act, people who live outside Taiwan for more than two years lose their household registration. Along with it, they lose their labor insurance, health insurance and their right to vote. On Monday, a Taiwanese business chamber asked for
4: an extension on that two-year period, citing pandemic travel restrictions. The chamber estimates that about 1,200,000 expats will lose their household registration if they don't return to Taiwan over Spring Festival.
1: In Taiwan, they would need to be isolated for nearly 21 days. That's not even including the quarantine periods required overseas. I hope that the government will give a one-year or two-year extension to overseas Taiwanese who cannot return. In the absence of legal amendments, our administrative agency has no discretion to deal with this issue.
4: The interior minister said that he would not grant the extension, which would require legislation. He also said that the household registration can be renewed upon the nationals' return to Taiwan.
0: U.S. House Representative Nancy Mace says she had intentionally used the term Republic of Taiwan when visiting the island last week. Mace was part of a congressional delegation that made a surprise one-day visit to Taiwan. Upon landing,
4: she shared this update on Twitter, quote, just touched down in the Republic of Taiwan. Speaking to CNN afterward, May said that her choice of wording was 100%
1: intentional
5: the first time in two years the House of Representatives has sent a congressional delegation to the Indo-Pacific region.
1: Republican Congressperson Nancy Mace was part of the delegation of five that visited Taiwan last week. Upon arrival, she wrote on Twitter, just touched down in the Republic of Taiwan. She added emojis of the U.S. and Taiwanese flags and a photo of herself and her plane.
5: And that was sort of my subtle but strong nod to the Taiwanese people, some of their concerns about the aggression by China
1: Speaking to CNN, May said that the wording of her tweet was intentional.
5: Some people have been wondering whether that was an intentional choice of wording from you, so notable to hear you say yes, it was, to call it. The Republic of oh, Taiwan. 100, yeah, 100 percent. I've had so many Taiwanese and Taiwanese Americans. I even had a young woman walk up to me in tears thanking me for, for, for doing that. She said the tweet was an act of defiance against Beijing. And it was the Chinese embassy that contacted each and every one of us on this delegation, Republican and Democrat alike, uh, demanding that we cancel this trip. And and we did not.
2: We advise some in the U.S. against playing the Taiwan card because it will be an ill-conceived attempt that is doomed to fail.
1: Despite China's outcry, Mace showed appreciation for Taiwan in the interview.
5: We appreciate what they're doing. They are important uh, to our economy and economies around the world, and we want to make sure that their democracy and their freedoms are protected.
1: Representative Mark Takano, who led the delegation, said he was hopeful that visits to Taiwan by U.S. officials will become business as usual again in the future.
4: The CCC has approved a second dose of a COVID vaccine for teenagers. About
0: 1.1 million teens in Taiwan have already received one dose. On Monday, the CCC announced that its advisory panel has recommended a second dose for this demographic to be administered starting mid-December. Also on Monday, the CECC approved the rollout of booster shots starting January 1st. To be eligible, you must have received your second dose at least 6 months ago.
3: Six months after the year. Six
1: months after the second dose, you can get a booster shot. If you want a booster of the same brand, we'll have one of the same brand ready for you. If you want to mix and match, that's okay too. There are no strict rules on which brand to get.
0: The CCC advises booster shots for high-risk personnel in the top three priority groups. Boosters are also recommended for adults 65 and older. Adults 18 and older may receive a booster if it's recommended by a medical professional. So far, 77.7 percent of Taiwan's population has received one dose of a COVID vaccine. The full vaccination rate is now at 54.55 percent. At Pingdong's Changxing Primary School, as many as 30 percent of the children are raised by their grandparents. Among them, about 80 percent are from low- or middle-to-low-income households.
4: Although these children tend to have less educational support, they're getting a boost from a government-led program. Through a digital self-guided learning program, children use tablets to brush up on their lessons during recess and after school. The program has made learning much more fun, and it's helping to close the disadvantage gap.
2: Although there's only a half day of class on Wednesday, the children are still gathered at the library of Changxing Primary
1: School. They're doing schoolwork on their devices. If you access the adaptive learning website using a tablet, just select My Tasks and then click Practice Questions or Watch Videos. The videos themselves have practice questions, which makes it all the more convenient. By doing my homework in this way, I am able to get some extra knowledge. Because tablets are so convenient to use afterward during recess, you can go directly to the adaptive learning website and take a quiz to see if you learned what the teacher taught.
2: During noon recess, children can use tablets to brush up on their lessons in a program known as The Little Bee Project. After school, they can take the tablets home for their studies in what's known as the Firefly Project. Changxing Primary School lends out tablets in a smooth, streamlined process to maximize their effectiveness.
1: We have discussions with each other. I feel that this has actually enhanced our parent-child relationship. Changxing has insisted on promoting digital learning. The main reason is that we're anxious over having teachers use the knowledge they learned in the past to teach today's children, to prepare them for the society of the future. We very much hope that through digital learning and through devices, we can connect our children with the world.
2: At Changxing Primary School, as many as 30% of the students are raised by their grandparents. About 80 of them are also from low- or middle-to-low-income households. Through adaptive digital learning, the school is closing the gap between disadvantaged pupils and their peers. It's also expanding the time that students can devote to education and helping to stimulate each child's learning potential. Taiwan's
4: number
0: one airport has launched a new facial recognition system that should make flying easier than ever. The One ID facial recognition system at Taoyuan International Airport is designed to streamline the airport experience. It means travelers can leave passports in their pockets and move through the airport with just their face as their ID. A
3: visitor takes off their mask, and within three seconds, the system has recognized their facial features. The gate to this controlled zone opens automatically. This is the new 1ID facial recognition system launched by Taoyuan International Airport. From now on, travelers will register the basic data when they scan their boarding pass or passport at the check-in counter, self-check-in machines or security gates. Once their face is logged, they can pass through further barriers with nothing but facial recognition.
2: Your personal biological features will be linked to your travel documents. You just have to complete the check-in and the registration, and then once you're in the controlled zone, you won't need to get your documents out again. When you go through these inspection gates, it's all done in three seconds, all the way through to boarding.
3: The 1ID facial recognition system aims to expedite airport throughflow and boarding for passengers. It also checks temperatures as a public health measure. The service will officially go on trial at the airport on December 15th. All travelers aged 20 or over can register at the airport before going abroad and reduce the time they spend in queues. Officials hope it will enhance the smart user experience at Taoyuan.
2: Our system has undergone thorough testing and is subject to our strict rules. As soon as the traveler boards their flight, their data will be wiped. Their biological data will not be retained, so there is no issue with personal data security.
3: The airport promises the system is respectful with users' data. It also complies with the post-pandemic trend for zero-contact machinery. As Taiwan looks forward to reopening its borders, its number one airport wants the experience as slick as can be.
0: Sun Moon Lake is struggling to deal with an invasive fish that threatens indigenous wildlife. The giant snakehead is a ferocious predator and has multiplied rapidly in Sun Moon Lake in recent years. They're crowding out other species and locals have had enough. Fishermen and restaurants are now
4: trying to curb the snakehead's rise by putting it on the menu.
3: Fish fries on a high flame. This appetizing snakehead casserole is full of vegetables and herbs. A giant snakehead fillet fries in the pan until golden. It comes off the heat and is delicious, sprinkled with a little pepper. If you want a clearer hit of fish, try this steamed snakehead, part of the restaurant's Snakehead Three Ways menu. A local fisherman caught the fish in Sun Moon Lake.
2: The catch isn't that big yet. The fishermen aren't saying they're going to catch loads for us, so the numbers are quite low at the moment. It's not very fixed, and it might not be here every time you come.
3: All the locals know the snakehead is a menace to Sun Moon Lake's ecology. Every fish that is caught is a relief for other creatures in the lake.
2: The giant snakehead is profoundly destructive to the ecology of Sun Moon Lake and the local ecology in general. Locally, we're calling on folk to catch them. It would be great if we could wipe them out to a large extent. That would be killing two birds with one stone.
3: The local government enacts some policies to try and keep the snakehead in check, but to little avail. It's very successful at reproducing in Sun Moon Lake, where it has almost no predators. The only animal that can threaten a snakehead is a human. If you're visiting this scenic area anytime soon, why not do your bit by ordering a plate of snakehead from the menu?